0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. You wanted more? Here's season four of The Connor and Smith Show. Show. Oh, tonight we have very special guest, Bela Witten.
1: Bela Witten.
0: We uh, loved working with her. We uh, Matt produced her album.
1: I did. I that was a fun album. And it gonna, was all um uh Carol um King. I
0: think you were gonna say Carolyn Cole.
1: Yeah, it was all Carol King. It was all Carolyn Coe and Carol King. It was (sighs) Bayla and Carol. Carol King, King.
0: yes. So we'll get into all of that. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be
1: right back.
0: Hello. Hi, Bayla
2: hi <laughs> i'm having to take deep breaths i'm so nervous
0: <laughs> oh no please i'm just sitting here with my co-host and husband matt connor hey 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 hey,
1: <laughs> hey matt
0: i'm nervous too oh sure so that's th- that's two of us <laughs> and our producer ryan <laughs> is here hey,
2: ryan hi mayla i feel like i know you even better now after listening to all these podcasts ah. <laughs>
0: He's our Gelman, you know, from Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah, he says, wrap it up, guys. Is he
2: remote, too, or is he in the living room? No, he's in the living room. He's the
0: only one who's been in the house um, for two years. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's not true, but almost. So so, uh, where are you tonight? Where are we hearing you from?
2: You are hearing me from my side office off of my kitchen.
0: The mm-hmm. kids are
2: in bed and asleep, if you can believe it, um, and I'm in Springfield, Virginia.
0: Awesome. Um, go ahead, Matt.
1: You have you have twins. I do. <laughs>
0: I'm a. Twin. I am I do not know
2: how it happened, but something multiplied inside, and uh, two popped out.
0: Well, I can explain it to you. See, already after. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Matt is a twin.
2: Why did, did you I know not that? know that? No.
0: Yep.
1: I'm a twin. I was uh, 13 minutes in front of my brother, Mark, and I was born Franklin Breach, which means my butt came out first.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: It explains so much. And my mother had a really hard time getting ready for number two after I came out because it wasn't pretty.
2: Are you identical or fraternal?
1: We are fraternal. We are merely brothers born at the (laughs) same time.
2: I mean, 13 minutes seems like such a big gap I had to have section so I mean the boys are two minutes apart so 13 minutes is a lot of minutes to be waiting for the second one to come out.
1: Yeah and it was all natural. Oh my goodness. My mom says she my mom had four children. What a warrior. She said I can't remember anybody's birth but I
0: can remember the twins. (laughs) And how old are the twins now Bela?
2: They're four. So there'll be oh five in August and That's I'm going so into hurtful. kindergarten. I oh. know, I can't so, believe so it. So can
0: you, can you already tell which one's going to be the
1: singer? Absolutely.
0: Ah, Ari all the ah, way.
2: Insane. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I mean, he is so musical. He loves everything music. I mean, Sam sings along too, but Ari is very dramatic. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. When you were a kid, um, I was just doing a little reading up on you. You you were performing like since you were a baby like running around the house singing footloose like you were just that musical kind of kid right
2: I was I pretty much did anything my sister did so if she sang I sang if she danced I danced if she played field hockey I played field hockey so just anything my sister my older sister did I did so
0: how, many, how much older? I,
2: she's just under four years like three and a half gotcha yeah but we never went to school together except for elementary school at the same time, so um, we never had
1: to really compete. Where uh, where was little Baila from?
2: Right here in Alexandria, born, in, born and bred.
1: So you're, um, from, you're from Alexandria?
2: I'm from Alexandria. My mom still lives in the exact same house where I was born. Um, and my grandmother lives in the same house where I've known her for the last... 39 years of my life, so yeah.
1: Wow, well, well, but I, I do know that you performed across what they say, the pond.
2: I did, I went to school out there for college. Oh, that's then, how you got over there. Yeah, and before, I left school a little early because I got what I wanted out of it and then uh, did a year in lame Miz over there.
1: What school did you attend in the UK?
2: The first school was the Royal Academy of Music. And I went there for opera because my voice teacher from here said, um, you know, you, you can't learn how to sing properly if you go to a musical theater school. Right, very, you can't be Very a belt biased,
1: <laughs> exactly. Grandma, you're not gonna be, you're gonna hurt yourself if you belt. Exactly, no, absolutely. And he said, you know, you'll
2: lose your voice. They won't teach you properly. And I knew I never wanted, you know, to perform opera, but he's like, that's the only way you can learn how to sing properly. So fine, I went there the first year. And then at the closing of my first year, um, they said, you know, you don't you don't really seem like you want to do this. And I said, no, I want to sing, you know, musical theater. And they said, well, we we don't teach that here and we can't teach that to you. (laughs) And I said, "Okay." So I just auditioned for other schools when I was out there and then got into it's become a bigger school now. But back then it wasn't even accredited. It was called the London School of Musical Theater. Um, It would give you a certification afterwards, whatever that was. But Um, I did a year there and then I got my agent from a showcase there and just started auditioning.
1: And then you went on to be a company member in the Les Miserables. I
2: did. Nobody ever, I mean, this is a, no one really knows this, but nobody asked to see my visa. So I was able to do it.
1: (laughs) Now I don't, I've never seen um, the West end. Did you ever get to go to the white chapel where like the Jack the Ripper stuff happened?
2: You know, i I went to Whitechapel, but I don't think I knew at that time about Jack the Ripper. I was very, yeah, I was just very, uh, what's the right word?
1: Well, you, so uh, you get, you get, you're in London. And of course, I only know what the, what Wikipedia would show me, which is like, you know, one of the tower, I'm one of the bridges that I think is London Bridge, but it's not London Bridge. It's this, because the London Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, Tower Bridge. And then there's the tower where Watch Your Face was killed. Yep. And Berlin. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. Um, Head off. Yep. So is there kind of like, if I were to look at a map of the theaters of London, is it kind of mm-hmm. like the same thing as going down this Broadway uh, in New York where it's just kind of like a little hub?
2: Yeah, I mean, most of the West End theaters are in the West End. So it's all north of the river and they're all it's, it's not like New York where that's a grid system, whereas this, they have winding roads, but they're all pretty much in the same neighborhood as each other. So you can get off at the same tube stop and see all the theaters.
1: And what's... Shaftesbury theme-
2: Avenue is a really big theater avenue.
1: What theater were you performing Les Mis in?
2: Oh, We were in the Queens Theater.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. You, I, yeah. know, I know from the, the music, of course, that when you are in that show, you already know kind of that you're in a very powerful, epic thing that the audience already loves. Yeah. And you walk out there and you're just immersed in a part of mm -hmm. this score and this music night after night. I mean, it must've been just like, how do you top that experience of Les Mis in the UK uh, I mean, yeah, just an amazing experience, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect show for me because there's not a single word spoken. It's all sung. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I love the most is singing. So it was, it's still a dream to me to think back that I was in it, what is it, was like 15 years ago now, which is so like crazy. That's like a, it's a child, 15 years ago.
1: Did you play s- several parts?
2: I was, I was ensemble and then covered Fontaine and actually our Fontaine swapped halfway through. So we started off with, um, which one was first? I think it was Sophia Ragavellis and then Joanna Ample who she's very well known for, um, lots of, um, stuff that she's done in the Philippines. She's done almost any role that Leia Salonga has done. Um, but within there, um, both of them were off for like a good two weeks each. So I was on a lot, which was really amazing
1: and surreal.
2: And then when you're Fontaine, you get to play a little urchin boy for the second half after you die.
1: (laughs) And that's always fun.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Because no one's really watching you. You're just running around with your friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And everyone is kind of singing in like a English accent.
2: Oh, absolutely. And they... What's really cool about, um, and I don't know what they did with the revival, but what's really cool about the West End is they want you to use, not the Americans, but the English people, they want you to use your actual accent. So if you're from Newcastle, they want you to have your Newcastle accent. If you're from Liverpool, they want that accent. So it's really neat to hear all the different accents because nobody's really French and that's you know what it's supposed to take place in anyway. So they have you use your real accent.
0: And sometimes they're Cockney me. me French. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Good evening, uh, I respect, I love, right evening, my dear. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Mm-hmm. And
1: then what brought you back to the States? Uh, any sort of event or your time was just spent in the UK and it was time to come home?
2: Well, they when they went to renew my contract, they did ask to see my visa for the first time. And they said, "Uh oh, this is a student visa. Um, I think you have to go home now. <gasps> so I went home.
0: The gig is up.
2: The gig is up. It was so
1: sad.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Bela, that's you're, you're breaking know. the law.
1: Breaking the I law. Know. What's that song? Breaking the law. Breaking the law.
0: I think that was just for. From- but
1: there's probably like a,
2: a time period where they can't do anything about it now, right?
0: I'm <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: or we can <laughs> schedule limitations. Absolutely. Yeah, right, c- exactly. Right. of limitations.
0: I don't <laughs> think they're like the hunting down musical theater. Uh, Lawbreakers. Sure um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Someone might be. We've I worked with visiting. some real.
1: Um, and then we met. Was it? Did we meet during Merrily?
2: Yeah, that was my first job back. Um, and that's where I met you both.
1: Playing Beth.
2: Yep.
0: They were those beautiful costumes.
2: Yeah, I love the music from that. Oh, so beautiful.
0: It's so funny because that was uh what 2007 and in, what i think in 2015 2016 that amazing documentary came out uh, called the best worst thing that ever happened to me did you ever get to see that
1: no i didn't see that oh my gosh you have to write this down it's called
0: the best best worst, worst thing that ever happened to me where is it to me.
1: where is it streaming uh it might be netflix but let me tell you it's a documentary about merely when they did it in New York with the original cast as children, and wow. now they go back to the adults to talk about their dreams and their hopes of being in a Broadway show. You cannot watch this during the day. Oh. And it has to be a time when you can really, maybe possibly just lose your crap a little. Okay. Because- I've, it, I've written it down. Do you know who told us about this?
2: No. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, seen I can guess. <laughs>
1: Sam Ludwig one night was outside oh. getting ready to do a show, and we were coming in to do, the, you know, half hour or whatever. And Sam Ludwig said, "Hey, you guys want to cry?" <laughs> we,
0: were like, we were like, maybe, yeah." And He was like, "You guys." I mean, watch.
2: I wouldn't put it past me. I cry at everything. I cried. I don't know if you watched like the making of Frozen. I cried hysterically watching that. Okay. I, I mean, everything makes me cry.
1: <laughs> well, this 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 documentary. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I had I was standing up like wondering where I should go to cry. No, um. Man. Anyway, but can I tell a poop story? Oh my God.
0: Um. Wait, one really? second. Really, I thought
2: my kids were asleep. <laughs> All day long. All day no, long.
0: Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> you guys have already heard this story. Of course. But I'm going to tell Baila story that she probably doesn't no, know. No, you're a- not just telling Baila, you're telling everyone else. <laughs> wait, does it really matter? I don't have a career. Right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> So
1: I'm in the ensemble with Bela Whitson. I'm right now holding oh, her. Oh, no, 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 no.
0: I'm no, this holding. is Bela's
2: story to tell. This is not, and it's not a poop story.
0: No, I think you're thinking of something different. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Well, yeah. I'm just out of No, myself. I'm just saying, Go I, on, we're, then.
1: <laughs> we're in the same show together. And this is maybe something that you never knew because you were not in the ensemble where I was stuck on stage the entire show.
2: Yep. Yes and so
1: we had to go you know 1972 freeze <laughs> and then the next thing 1985 freeze or whatever so all of a sudden I'm like oh wait a minute do I should I do I have wait a minute oh no oh god <gasps> I go 1963 <"1963," laughs> and I ran off stage and I went running to the bathroom we were in the bathroom and uh Lacey Lacey Tolero yeah yeah. Me, I was like, where are you going? And I was like, the poop monster just arrived. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I do my, my, you know, duties as a human.
0: And you wash your hands.
1: And I, I went on the <laughs> wings. I, I, I just in, wanted
0: to clarify. Go yeah, ahead. I <laughs> washed
1: my hands. I, said, I, I waited in the wings and I waited for the next year to be called. And all of a sudden, I was like, in 1962, freeze. And Mark Chandler, like, with, with a side mouth thing, goes, oh, where the hell did you go? And I said, I have to, I had to go take a poop. And that's the <laughs> Well, end of if the you story. want to
2: stay on that subject from Merrily Roll Along. So Beth was on stage, I don't know, 30 minutes of the whole show. And so I knew when I came off stage and I went to the girls' dressing room that really nobody else was going to be there at all. So it was just me. So there was one night, you know, we used to sign all those um, posters for all the donors. And so I come off stage. And I'm like, great, no one's in here. And I just let it rip the loudest <laughs> fart. Because I'm like, I'm alone. Like, who cares? You know, I'm in, I'm in my dressing room. So I let it out and I see something move from the side of my eye and I look down the end of the dressing room and it's Christopher Block signing <laughs> programs in our dressing room. And I, I froze. I didn't know what to do or what to say. Cause he's not looked up. He's still signing programs and it would be impossible if he's not heard that. He says nothing. He finishes signing and leaves. So the next time we go on stage, it's like we're all saying, hey, 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 he and I, he hugs me and he goes right into my ear, right on stage in front of everybody. Oh my God. Yeah, it was the most mortifying experience
0: of my life. Uh, To to be clear, though, it would not, I would not put it past Chris Block to do the exact same thing and oh, say nothing about so it so
1: positive nobody else is in there <laughs> oh my gosh I love it that's like
0: that um that's like that one commercial where it's like everybody d- doesn't matter who you are everyone leaves the work or wherever they are sits down into the car if they're by themselves and just lets one rip absolutely and then it happens someone else is in the car you know it's just yeah. a human nature I
1: want to talk about something that is not Stinky. Okay, good. Okay. And that I'm just going to name. All, I'm going to say 14 things. I'm going to say some kind of wonderful road to nowhere. Breaking up mm-hmm. is hard to do. Locomotion. One fine day, take good care of my baby. I'm into something good. Smackwater Jack. It's too late. Okay, that's I went. That's too. Which that's we enough, know right.
2: is all due, and thanks to you guys, right? Yeah. Well, I what, never. I never would have had like the audacity, the thought the, even thought it was, a, I was able to do that if it wasn't for you
1: guys. Oh, well, thank you for that. But Absolutely. I, it's the truth. There's no way.
0: I was saying to Matt that you kind of did beautiful pre-beautiful. You well, so I would love beautiful. to say that,
2: except I wanted to do it because I saw beautiful. So oh, I can't I thought, take the credit, I, unfortunately. I, I thought you were pre-beautiful, damn.
0: Well, anyways. I know, I would
2: love to take the credit.
0: Um. It just inspired
2: me because I loved that music so much.
1: um, Remind me where this beautiful picture of you on the cover in front of the piano is from.
2: Yeah. It's Chris Mueller took like an incredible photo of me. I've never looked better. Not even on my wedding day. That's like the best picture I've ever taken. It's at the actual venue at the JCC during like one of the rehearsals for the, for the CD.
1: Well, uh, you've always had such a very, natural connection with your voice and music and this kind of um selection for your album was just a really beautiful beautiful album it really was a, a fantastic night was was it just Gabe on the piano
2: it was Gabe and then Sarah Ford on the fiddle oh that's and right Sarah. Met, I think was it Elmer Gantry that she did I knew there was some southern type of show that she was on the fiddle and i can't remember what was around that time i want to say it was elmer gantry but i i met her doing one of the shows at signature and i was just i just love the sound of a violin so anything yeah. and anytime i can get strings yeah yeah it was a really and, em- and emily levy
1: <gasps> yeah that's
2: right emily yeah. was a
1: part of it. As well, well yeah. i have an album here but I, ha- I did not open it up to look at everything inside because i didn't want to open up
0: the album. We have an open copy somewhere. I just went and grabbed the <laughs> Which
1: well, actually,
2: when I was listening to your podcast, I was like, oh, I do need to ask Matt, you know, I, I opted not to put it on Spotify and Pandora, but can I go back and change that
1: now or is it too late? <laughs> um, that would be a, a discussion we could have. It's, it's never too late. It's really just about giving um, a little bit of money and, and, and um, recognition to the songwriters. Okay, I just went through all', all right, that we'll with, talk then, yeah, I just went through all that with the, this Susan Derry and susan Derry her whole album is just filled with you know all the top songwriters, and we she's now on every platform with all that music, but it's definitely doable.
2: Awesome.
0: cool. I'll talk to you about it all right, great um and that that was recorded at. The, uh, the, that was the at the
2: Virginia, JCC yeah, yeah. The Northern,
0: it was a great uh little venue it was recorded live which was exciting
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yes. and and I remember sitting in the back of the room at that little table
1: gosh I did <laughs> Carol I did Carolyn Cole or we did Carolyn Cole Bela and Nova I think all live, live.
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah and you know what I think
2: and they were all some... around the same time I feel like we all kind of grabbed you all at the same time to do it
0: and they're all amazing albums i love not that the others are not that aren't live but there's some excitement about the live album that you can kind of feel the energy in the room well um, for me a recorded album in the studio
1: that basically means that is like a self-tape because basically you can keep re-editing yourself on the self-tape audition but the live right. thing is like oh it's this is it there's no yeah yeah it's kind of i almost find story. that
2: easier because i've had to record you know, in a studio before I, I find that so hard. And so I, I find the live stuff easier, less, less scary.
0: And, and, um, this was, oh gosh, 2014, 2014. Yeah. 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 You just reminded me of Elmer Gantry. Oh my God. (laughs) I I had totally forgotten
2: about it. And then I heard you mention it to Nova on her podcast. And I was like, oh, I, I somehow have blocked that show from my memory.
0: Oh, my God. Carry that football for yep. Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's
1: I right. do have to
2: say that my favorite show that I've done with you is Chess. That's my favorite show.
1: Chess. I love
2: everything about chess.
1: Nobody's on nobody's side. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love, love, love all of that music. Me too. Um, I feel like it's funny. We just talked to somebody who one of their reasons they loved theater was coming to Ford's Theater and seeing the Elmer Gantry years ago there.
2: Mm, interesting.
1: So do, um, Bela, as a beautiful mommy, are you, <laughs> do you also just have your um, family kind of e- immersed into whatever artistic creativity they want to go into? Is it filled with lots of, I mean, has everyone seen Hamilton y- yet? <laughs> they've definitely heard the album we've
2: not sat and watched it um, but the boys have heard the album they love music they're not interested in watching anything on tv if it doesn't have music so we'll put on you know most kids are watching i don't know pj mask and things like that um, and they'll watch it for the theme song and then they're done so yeah. they're just like not interested if there's not music involved and josh is actually my husband He's into totally different music than I'm into, but he's very much into music. So they've had music their, their whole lives and they love it. I mean, and they're getting ready to
1: see, they're getting ready to see mommy on, on TV.
2: They are, but I don't think they're super thrilled. I'm telling you, I will sing for them and they'll (laughs) say, mommy, stop. I can't hear the words. And I'm like, what? I'm in front of you. Like you could probably hear them better. Mommy, please stop. And I'm like, we don't know. People pay money for this. And that's right. Yeah, they, well, they, don't, they don't get it.
1: Should we talk about the PBS that's coming up? Sure. Yeah. So It was Hush
2: Hush for a while, so I'm glad that they mentioned something that I can talk about it.
1: So it is going to be airing on PBS soonish.
2: Yeah, it's in about a month, March 6th. It'll March- be, um, in this area, it'll be 6.30 at night.
1: And this is and with we- Luke Frazier.
2: Yep, it's with Luke Frazier and APO, the American Pops Orchestra, who are freaking amazing. So just, I've sung with them a couple
1: times. So, just talk about what's what what, what all of this was about. Yeah, so
2: um, Luke did something really neat that during the pandemic, you know, a lot of obviously a lot of people were out of work, um, and he was just able to keep his orchestra working and finding different ways to have them play gigs, whether it was outdoor concerts or they did other filmings too. I think they did Wicked in concert and they did an Ella Fitzgerald. And he reached out to me about like two weeks before filming. So this was like the first week of November that we filmed it. So like in mid-October, he just said, are you free to sing, you know, one or two songs? And um, and I said, sure. Um, and then it became like four songs all of a sudden which I guess that always happens, you know, in, in theater. Um, and we filmed it. For two days um, at the mansion in um, DC. Um, and I haven't seen any of it. I, I, only thing I know from it is that I was, and this is why I was so scared to do the podcast because I did an interview with a lady from PBS afterwards. And she said, you know, we need to go interview you now. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, you know, you didn't know. And I go, no, nope. And she's asking me like these really like deep questions about, you know, what does it mean to you to have the arts and how important is that, you know, to have that for your children? And it's just like very deep questions that I would have loved to like have a chance to think of an answer rather than like a camera in front of me and trying to like pull stuff out of me. So if that and then at the end of it, I realized it's those telemarketing commercials like where they're asking you for money. And yeah. I definitely was not giving them what they were asking for. So I don't know what is going to air and it's going to be very embarrassing.
0: So they didn't ask any poop stories? <laughs> so that might stories? be the
2: best part <laughs> What's that.
0: They didn't ask any poop stories?
2: No, they didn't. No, nope. yeah. they asked things like, and I'm just not like good on, on the fly. They said, you know, do you watch PBS? <laughs> and I was like, oh, and if I say yes, I got to think of a program. And I, right. I can't think of a program. So I was like, I watch a lot of pbs kids like daniel tiger and i'm like this is not what they're asking me here this is just not good you said you said
1: you said that this was filmed at the mansion yes it's like the i think they
2: call it the meridian mansion um i could be just making up words here but they kept saying the word mansion when i was there (laughs) Yeah, not senator, Manchin. It's off. It's off of no. It's not off there, but it's, it's off of like the embassy row, um, on, on off of 16th or something like and that. I'm when you were when on. you were
1: when you guys were filming, did you get an opportunity to do the the songs, you know, uh, over and over again, or is it just sort of like this was just a taped thing that we did? Swap? So
2: my solo, for whatever reason, I only got one take. <laughs> so we'll see if that made it. And then I had a couple of duets and those we got two takes each.
0: Who else uh, is singing in it that you know of?
2: It's Aaron Lazar. Um, I wish I would have written things down. Oh, well, that's um, okay. I didn't I didn't learn last pe- people's last names and I'm gonna kick myself. Sean but Thompson. Aisha is one of them. Thank you. Sean Thompson is one of them. Um, Jen, and I don't remember her last name. It starts with a C. She was in come from away. Oh yes, Kalella. Kalella. Jen- Thank
0: you. Um, Which we have Jose not seen. Jan-
2: Jose Janos was with it. Was with me.
0: Oh, so there's there's a there's okay. That sounds very exciting. There's a yeah, bunch of people and there. I was
2: definitely like the least. Um, bro- and they call it like Broadway in concert. And I was definitely like the least Broadway person there because I think every person there had been on Broadway but me.
1: <laughs> well, that's
2: so exciting. Yeah. yeah, I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, it'll be really this fun is- to watch back. Is it just like Broadway Standard kind of deal?
2: Um, it's a Learner and Low. So it's all the music of ah. Learner and Low. Yeah. So it'll be
0: it'll My be Fair really Lady. Nice.
2: My Fair Lady, Camelot,
0: Brigadoon. Um,
2: yeah, Brigadoon's in there too. So it's pretty music and just beautiful with the
0: orchestra. And Luke was a, a guest on our show. Yeah. And Sean is about to be a guest
1: tomorrow. Oh, how fun.
0: Yeah.
2: That's so, so we'll awesome.
0: we'll make sure we get the good plugs in for. Uh,
2: yeah, they'll they'll know the names. Absolutely. <laughs> they'll do a better job than I did.
0: Um, yeah, but Luke's
2: so- been really good to me because, um, I think I met, I think they're married now. I met his either partner or husband Robert when I was at Arena Stage, and since then they've been really great at just hiring me whether I'm background singing or um, up in front. They just always or even if just like if it's a private party, they always think of me. And it's really nice.
0: I believe they are married and we love Robert. Yeah, Paul. I think they
2: are now. Yeah,
0: we love Robert and uh, Luke. So that's that's amazing. Um, I'm so glad that uh, to you're getting back like dipping your toes in the, uh, the world again. It, it yeah. People miss hearing you. Um, ah,
1: thank you. Well, I a I felt like a little... if we put this album up on Spotify, okay. That's right.
2: I'll figure out a way. <laughs> Maybe I would have saved money if I did it the first time around. No, I... I found I was surprised by myself. I found when I had kids, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel that need to like go out at night to mm. start singing. So I, I kind of lost that drive for a little bit. I, um, I love singing, but you know, you're, you're in my show. Stephen, the boy detective, mm-hmm. it it broke it kind of it broke my heart when I got recast. So I think that made me take a big step back from theater and just do singing for a while.
1: That well, broke my heart to, as well. If it it makes broke you my feel heart. Any
2: <laughs> so I I think I had to recoup from that for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that all of us as artists, uh, we all know that inside of all of us, whether we have a time to show up when we are a leader other times we might have times when we show up and we are following other times we show up and we're students sometimes we show up and we are teachers sometimes we show up and it's fog other times we show up and it's rain and it just kind of keeps evolving but you're it's it's still all either coming from you or through you um and we're all learning from that experience no matter what it be so like when you became a mom you know, it's not changing anything about your artistry, but now all of a sudden you've got a chance to actually be a teacher or a mentor mm-hmm. to your family about what it is to be an artist. And then, you know, who knows? We you might end up putting out a a, a mommy album soon or whatever. But you know, it changes because life life's lessons keep changing.
0: Yeah. Um, and That's when we
1: Matt. well, and when we think something is important you know, we can always look back in those times and realize that there was something there to be learned, no matter what it was, whether it was um, a success or a, or a failure or a disappointment or a, an amazing celebration, there was always something of like, huh, now I see why that actually happened. But at the time I couldn't, I didn't feel like that or see that. Um, right. And I honestly truly believe that if, if you can learn those lessons in the arts, they really are lessons that you use for life absolutely i yeah. teach you know i yeah, teach a you're lot of, so right. i teach a lot of kids you know saying hey if you don't end up being doing this for money you will be taking this class to learn the rules because the rules we use in theater are the rules we use for life absolutely um and yeah but um do you do you have anything at all bubbling up beyond this pbs thing right now I don't. Um, Yeah, getting the album. Always comes up last
2: minute. Yeah, really. That's what's next.
1: (laughs) Yeah, getting the album on Spotify.
2: Yeah. No, I've just been um, for the past. I guess it has been since the boys. Well, I guess since the boys were two, I've been working with my dad, and so I've just been enjoying spending a lot of time with him. And that's kind of what's been taking up my
1: other than the boys, the uh, majority of my time which is Steve, really nice steven in, the, steven in the kitchen the other day said oh yeah bail still working with her dad and i immediately said oh laser world <laughs> now no, yeah, we, we know it's it not that. it's we know it's not laser world matt <laughs> so <laughs> your da- your daddy actually is like one of the few that actually started doing this right
2: yeah, back I mean, in the he's, ba- he's pretty awesome if i say so myself yeah he he helped pioneer LASIK um, and got his, like, big name from doing Tiger Woods Eyes.
0: Um, Your father did in, like, Tiger 1999.
2: Woods Eyes? Mm-hmm. And that's why he, like, ended up doing so many. That's why he just became well, so well-known. Yeah, because then everybody else was like, well, if Tiger trusts him, then we'll go to him.
0: And, um, so sometimes kinda... you're at
1: work and you can't, like, tell anybody who just called because it was, like, a, a celebrity.
2: <laughs> no, not so much anymore. But he does put their picture up.
1: Can you explain to, can you explain to me what actually happens to the eyeball.
2: Absolutely. So with LASIK, um, basically he uses the tissue of the top portion of your eye. He will pull that back and then reshape underneath that tissue. If you think about, do either of you wear contacts or glasses?
0: Glasses.
2: So if you ever notice your glasses have like the lens has like a curvature to it is, which is what gives you the prescription. So he basically is putting that curvature permanently on your eye. um, Mm -hmm. And then he puts your tissue that he lifted back, back down. It's such a small, tiny amount. So, you know, sounds gross when I say tissue. Um, But because it is your own tissue, it heals really fast and really well.
1: So now once you get it done, do you like a, Mm -hmm. like a prescription? Do you have to go back and get it redone? Can it like go backwards?
2: No. And that's, I mean, it's not meant to. And so that's why they only try to do it once your eyes have stabilized. So they won't usually do it with anyone under 18 because normally around 18, 20, that's when your eyes are pretty set. But then when you start to get into your forties and fifties, you'll need reading glasses and that's just a natural progression. That's not, the LASIK reverting or anything like that.
1: Um, I I, I, don't know who, I don't know who to ask this question to, but it's gonna be you. I don't understand <laughs> how people have eye surgeries and, they, and without seeing what's happening. You can see.
2: You don't know what's happening, but you're not asleep. Um, you're looking at either a green or a red light, depending on what's going on. It's not green or red at the same time. It's one or the other. Um, And so like you see bright lights and you're focused on whatever he's telling you to focus on. Um, But your eye is numb. He numbs it with eye drops. So there's no pain associated, but you see what's going on.
1: But is it possible for me to move my eye during surgery
2: and accidentally
1: mess everything up?
2: No, I mean, the laser will follow you because it's set on your pupil. So if you turn away, but most people who don't want, you know, a problem, just
1: do what he's saying. (laughs) <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. So the laser knows what your eyeballs do and it's kind of following around. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's nuts.
2: Yeah. And it's now. fast. I mean, the laser itself is probably, depending on your prescription, only on for about 15, 30 seconds, depending on what's, how high your prescription is.
0: So how long is like the entire procedure? 30 seconds. He,
2: Well, he does it in about 10 minutes total for both eyes. So it's about five minutes per eye. Um, from start to finish in terms of the drops, holding your eyelids, creating the flap, doing That's... the laser, putting the flap back down, smoothing everything over. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. And, and what, is, what is recovery time like?
2: You're seeing the next day, but your recovery is technically a week in terms of like no rubbing your eyes for a week, no getting them dirty in like a hot tub or a pool, dirty water, no wearing any eye makeup for a week. So it's hard to do damage- the day till the day after but he still likes you to be careful for that week
0: and and are you like i I, this i'm geeking out on this because (laughs) i've worn glasses all my life you know well Um, come on i i mean for real so so do you you said it's painless so you're not like dealing with any residual that right
2: not not at all you'll feel his hand like on your face but it's not it's just you feel his hand but it's not painful at all
1: It'd be really cool if you would go in to get your eyes done and you could also get your eyes done, if you know what I mean. Oh. And you <laughs> well, left the doctor. Well, there are some
2: people who do like Botox and things like that at the office as well. He's not one of them, but there are So, Like, oh my
1: gosh, you got your eyes done. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> okay, we've got to talk about this, Baila. You might already know this. Do you remember Eric Lieberman?
2: Of course.
1: Okay, did you ever get any of the books that he wrote with his dad? No. Okay. I got a book that he wrote with his dad. Beautiful book. I can't remember it now because I'm put on the spot. I think I put myself on the spot. Yeah. (laughs) His father has cured people's eyesight. Is that the right word? Eyesight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With looking at, I think, colors or something.
2: Really? I have to look this up.
1: Yeah, he, he he and you could have an amazing conversation. Absolutely. Um, but his father has done something with uh I think it's the color blue and, and basically uh fixing people's eyes. Huh. Now it's a little oh, interesting. bit interesting. It's a little bit on the um I don't know. Holistic side. Yes, yes, exactly. It's on the holistic side of things. Yeah um okay let me see i think it, i know where it is you can even grab it real quick yeah. Yeah. um but yeah fascinating book ryan you have a question well,
0: you ask about people who are colorblind
1: um who, yeah who we, are, who well can't we see can't fix that right. why well, I, but I is think, that
2: something that eric can fix eric's
1: dad <laughs> i think the patient doesn't need to know blue it just happens to be some sort of blue steven's gonna get the book now i feel silly because i know okay. if anyone's listening they're like that is not Well, the i story. can't
2: remember I remember there was that self-help book that everybody read. Um, it wasn't called The Promise, was it? Um, it was something about like putting all the positivity out there. Yeah. Um, and then that's what comes back to you. I can't, it was something with P, but I can't remember what, um, what the word was. But I remember when I was reading that book. Years Not the years Celestine ago, Prophecy. Talks, <laughs> no, but it was something with a P. I thought it was The Promise. Anyway, Not The but Secret. It's, oh, The Secret. Maybe it was The Secret. It might've been the secret. It it might be, it might've been the secret. I feel like I see like a, a wax um, envelope on the cover. You're right. It might be the, I think you're right. It is the secret, nothing with a P. Um, But it said in there, like they interviewed a, a woman or a man who said, you know, I've worn glasses my entire life and I just put the positive energy out there that I don't need to wear glasses. I can see, I can see. And now my eyes are cured. And I remember reading that like passage to my dad and he's just shaking his head. <laughs> he said, Well, great, put me out of work. Happy, happy for that
1: to be the answer. Right, 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 right. Wow. God, I, I
2: gotta know this book. I have so many things that I'm learning from okay. this podcast. Okay,
1: here's what here it is. Here it is. Thank you, Stephen. Right. You're welcome. It's called Wisdom <laughs> from an Empty Mind by uh-huh. Jacob Lieberman with Eric. Lieberman. Okay. Um, and I don't know. It's a sure, really beautiful book. Up. Huh? I'm going to look it up. Is there another book? Oh, look, look at sign. Uh, f- for Dearest Matt, Have with- you
2: finished your book with your dad?
1: Oh, God, yes. Oh,
2: that's awesome.
1: Yeah. My, actually, that's my best awesome. friend Ryan Dean helped to do about 90% of the transcribing for me. But um, it's all done. I'm, let me tell you. Um, I I kind of feel like everyone, you know, the older that we all get, I think that doing that for my father really made me feel like everyone should leave behind a book because, you know, I knew my dad and I know my dad, but my God, I didn't know those, I didn't know those stories. And Mm -hmm. when someone passes all those, all that information is just gone. Absolutely. So it was a fun thing. I, you know, I also took my mom in the recording studio this year Oh, neat. And because I said to 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 my mom, oh yeah, I said to my mom, I said, mom, are you just so sick of all this attention about dad's book? Do you want to go in the recording studio? And she said, yes, I do. (laughs) So we did her, uh, we did a Christmas album with her this past year and they were just tickled pink. I mean, mom, you know, my dad's going to be 87. My mom's going to be 70 or just turned 75. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this, is this my new mission in life? Is this it? I mean, am I supposed to like help other people just make their little dreams come true? That's I, awesome.
0: I think it would be really something to kind of work together with local libraries to like document people's lives and put that in the library of where they lived, you know, that that town. So you Absolutely. almost had a whole... be amazing whole like you could look up people and read their story i i mean that that would take more than just you matt it would take like a company hey i'm smelling a startup matt there you go yeah my Um, grandmother's
2: still alive she's 97 um still lives on her own um and so we were talking the other day and just like even just hearing the story she talked about because it kind of came up the whole you know vaccine and all that and so i remember reading somebody saying you know well when when the polio vaccine came up, like nobody questioned it. Everybody was just so thankful. And I was like, Is that, you know, what you went through? Because she lived through polio. And she's like, Oh my gosh, yes. Like we, we were, we felt so blessed to be able to go get a vaccine so we could go into the public pool. Like it just wasn't any question that there was any politics associated with it.
0: I, it's just I, was, so never, interesting. I was never as excited for shots in my life.
2: I know, right?
0: It felt like like we liked it so much we went and got the flu shot you know like give me another. <laughs> Bill of exactly. the uh, the book that your dad might want to look at just to see what what this guy
1: what what uh, Jacob's talking about is called light yeah medicine light. of the future. Okay, light medicine isn't that interesting. Oh, so did I grab the wrong book? No, no, no. It's just this book is uh, the sequel is not it was not about the eyes. Oh, okay. But I I anyway I find all that stuff fascinating. I find that you know, us as human beings learning from what we knew to, you know, what we're going to know and what's gonna change in our Mm -hmm. lifetime. And like, you know, don't you ever think like, oh my God, what what are your boys gonna see in their lifetime?
2: I know, it's all
1: kind of scary too. Like even with the the technology of like a cell phone, my gosh, now Uh I don't even need to even talk to anybody. I can just sit and look at TikTok. Yep. (laughs) It's crazy. Absolutely. I have been teaching a lot of piano through Zoom. Okay. That's so cool. um, we, we kind of pivoted. But how, how many students? students? Well, it, it was at, at 35 classes a week at one point. <clears throat> but now um, oh. I might have under 20, maybe. It's, it's gone down some.
2: Do they have their camera on their keyboard so you can see their hands?
1: Bella, you are not going to believe any of this, but it's the truth. <laughs> I have taught a girl who do, does not turn on her camera. I have taught oh children who have never spoken to me in English in three years. Wow. I have found ways to communicate on that um, thing. Like, I don't need to listen. I don't need to even see their fingers. Wow, Because that's amazing. I sit at my piano and I mute myself and I play along Mm -hmm. with them. So they don't hear me actually taking Mm. the lesson with them. Then I have a necklace on my neck because that's where you put them. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I will go through my Zoom app on my phone. All of a sudden, a third window appears on the computer, and now you can see my hands on my keyboard. Thanks to the necklace. Thanks to the necklace. Uh But he balances the phone on. But I don't need to see your hands. I don't really need to see your hands. You don't need to
2: see it to know how I'm playing incorrectly?
1: I don't correct that in a younger stage. Okay. And I would probably be told I was crazy, but I taught myself how to play the piano. Yeah and I don't start correcting people. I do not start correcting. If I was a swimming coach teaching people how to swim, I would not start correcting them until I became a coach and stopped being a teacher.
0: Okay.
2: That's
1: because cool. in my experience, the the teacher is can be more discouraging than a coach mm-hmm. who can be more enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. I so I, I try to rush The teacher experience To hurry up and become a coach And a cheerleader So they find the yeah. joy in music Rather than the punishment of homework Yeah And uh, yeah. I could write a book on that Because um, I have uh, All of my kids are really I've turned the, the, the thing into a game show Okay, so when they do a good job This is what I do
0: He's, he's walking to the piano
1: <laughs> Okay
2: what what's the youngest you'll take on
1: uh i i teach kids from the beginning on zoom at five
2: okay all right see you in august
1: and i just <laughs> I, I literally just had and, I, and and here's a crazy story i've tried to go back into person three times with three kids two of them mm-hmm. quit and one of them went back into zoom because they realized that the the in-person was like at a 60 70 percent compared to the zoom
2: interesting
1: and i think it's because i have learned that i'm not just sitting there correcting their music i am playing along with them so i immediately mm-hmm. after they're done go okay let's go back to measure four you didn't do this you knew that and it becomes almost like a live youtube tutorial
2: mm.
1: but Very i cool. but i've had a lot of teachers i've talked to who don't understand that they are still treating it as if they're live rather than acting now this is what i also would do um it's ari and what's the boys names
2: oh you're ari i thought i i i heard like it's already. so i was like yes (laughs) ari and sam
1: okay so it's already sam so all of a sudden i'm like hey ari did you understand that and ari's like nope that was really dumb mr matt i'll say okay well hang on and i hit the record button I then take my hands as a tutorial. And then after the lesson, I send that to mommy and daddy and say, hey, can you watch that, this before next week?
2: Okay. So, they're, really ge- neat.
1: so they're getting actually uh, a much more rounded uh, learning experience than me just standing behind them, hovering behind them like I'm Trump at the Hillary Clinton debate. <sighs> oh yeah. God. Remember that? Who can forget? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> okay. I just strain my mouth way too much. So,
2: no, but uh, that's really, really, that's, and I love, I even love that you said that being a, a coach versus a teacher. Cause I even see that now with them where we're trying to work on, you know, sounding out words to start reading. And I can tell they're just like, I don't want to do this, but if I take a different
1: approach, all well, right, I'm going to try that tomorrow. I have found in my lessons, and I do this with every mom that calls me, I will tell them, I am going to be the student in this room. Do you hear me?
0: I'm not mm-hmm. the teacher.
1: I'm the student because every single kid le- learns differently. And I am not sure. going to treat each kid like they are a MacBook or that they are a PC because someone's going to learn by verbally, by being in the verb and doing it. And someone's like, if Steven reads me something, I might listen. Yeah, Nine times out of 10, I need to be up on my feet doing it.
0: Mm.
1: When I learned scripts, it was embarrassing because if I sat in the chair, I couldn't learn a script. But give me, right. get, me, get me up and tell me when to do it, I would go, oh, this, this makes sense. Sure. But when you're in school, yep. you start to second guess your purpose because you don't understand how you learn. Mm. And I think it's through the arts where you can have a really great window of trying to understand, are you an eyeball learner? Do you like to read? Are you an ear right. learner? Do you like to listen? Are you an oral mm-hmm. learner? That likes, anyways. I'm just yeah talk- totally. I, I'm,
0: I'm talking to I you. love
2: it, no, I love it, that's great.
0: are the boys in pre k
2: they are um they're at preschool actually, where I went to um I don't know if at that point it was it was preschool and then um my elementary school, so it's at the synagogue where I grew up.
0: that's amazing
2: from, are you guys still where you have been yes the where they go to school is literally across King Street from where you guys are.
0: oh. Where um yeah. where Monumental performs?
2: No, they're they're in an actual is Monumental perform at the synagogue.
0: No, I guess not. You guys
2: okay. Yeah, a... we're we're at a we're at the synagogue.
0: Oh, that's I I didn't know there was one right across King Street from us. That's cool.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't I don't travel a lot the these days. You, you know,
2: <laughs> fair enough. Me either. I go to work, to the synagogue, home.
1: It is interesting how our lives have become almost like we're living in the corner of our living rooms. Um, What are, I know that we're at 51 minutes. I'm looking at this amazing technology. So we we will, we will end in the next nine minutes. Oh, I only get an
2: hour with you.
1: Well, we, we try to do it in an hour. So then people don't listen to our podcast and go, oh my God, shut up. (laughs) Hey, um, tell me three amazing inspirational things that happened or that you used um, to sort of, you know, get you through this brand new curve in life with mm-hmm. COVID. Um,
2: so for me, I always dreaded, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but she knows I've said it to her. She's a really awful cook, my mom. And so I've always kind of like dreaded being, well, I've always dreaded being in the kitchen just because I felt like I was never really taught how to be in the kitchen. And so I do know like when I was dating Josh, like that was one thing of like, oh, it'd be really nice to like come home and have like a meal. <laughs> but like I wasn't in the kitchen. Um, but with the boys, um, when they were first born, like that was easy just doing, you know, soft foods for them. But really when COVID hit is when I started really baking, like making, breads and cakes and babkas and all these really neat stuff that I never even thought was possible, Halas And um, so that definitely got me through. It was, and I love puzzles. That's kind of how my brain works. So doing a recipe was really fun for me to like, have that time to just kind of get away from people and concentrate on a, on a task like, like baking. That was my biggest.
1: Did you say you also love puzzles? I
2: Love puzzles, like like real, puzzles. like like
1: tangible puzzles. You put on
2: a table and put together. Absolutely, and actually, because I can't do that here because the boys will destroy them, and then I'll be really upset because I'm also very like competitive and um, type A. So I do them now on my phone, jigsaw puzzles.
1: <laughs> there's jigsaw puzzles on your phone.
2: Yes, it's called. I think the app is called Jigsaw, and there's like a new one every day. Um, it's not you can about choose the how song many pieces. No, it is not. Oh, my God, those are awful.
1: (laughs) Steven bought us a a puzzle table for Christmas.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: With all the little secret I guess I could do
2: that and put like a baby gate around it and be like, do not touch.
1: Okay, (laughs) I'll tell you another story. We had a puzzle here at Christmas time that I thought Steven and Ryan were going to all help do. And they somehow accidentally just kind of didn't. And I just kind of took over this puzzle. Mm Baila... By the end of the puzzle, I felt like the puzzle and I had this relationship because Absolutely. I, I started to know like every piece, every nuance of the colors. And mm-hmm. I, I, like I would tell Steven every night, I was like, I, I'm really starting to, you know, ha, understand this puzzle. And I mean, the last five pieces, I did not want to finish it. I know. Sometimes I won't go to sleep because I'm just so involved in it. I just, I love puzzles. Wow. Me and Ryan used yep. to do the crossword puzzle um every night during COVID.
2: Mm. I'm not so good at those.
1: Well, we didn't say we were good. Okay. <laughs> it needs two of us to finish I'm good right? at, like, it. Math- does need, it does need two of us to finish it. <laughs> I'm good
2: at like math puzzles but when it comes to like the English language, not as good.
0: You said you got into baking. Like, did you start like adding your own ingredients and like kind of... No, I
2: haven't. I haven't gotten like fancy and experimental. I do like the structure of the recipe and feel comfortable and confident with that.
1: What is challah?
2: (laughs) So challah is like a Jewish bread that we have on Shabbat. If you've ever seen like the braid, I don't know if you've ever seen any um, pictures of braided... um, bread that we have on Shabbat. They sell at a great harvest there around the corner from you
1: guys. And is is it flavored or is it pretty much just like bread?
2: Yeah. It's, it's usually it's eggy. Um, so they do like an egg wash. Um, but you can, some people put pumpernickel or not put, um, poppy seeds in it. I did, I did get a little adventurous and did like that everything bagel seasoning on one of my challahs and then oh. some onions. So I got adventurous with my challahs, but the other stuff I didn't really. That
0: enjoy. sounds, everything bagel challah mm-hmm. bread sounds amazing.
2: It was amazing. All the challahs have been awesome. And I've been trying different challah recipes to try to find my favorite and it's, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Do you, uh, are you, you guys going in person to the synagogue?
2: We personally are not. They are open. Um, the boys just go for school, but we don't go to services or anything like that. But to be fair, we didn't pre-pandemic either. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. So white change why. now? Exactly.
1: Well, I have to say, I've only been to a, a, a handful of Jewish uh, services. And mm-hmm. every time I was in a part of whatever service I was, I truly felt like I was a part of yeah. that evening.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the experience. The entire,
2: very communal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when I was there, I just would question, like, am I supposed to be a part of this community? Because it felt like I was like literally a part of the community. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Went to a good synagogue. Yeah. yeah. Well, we love you and we're so happy that we spent this time tonight. Do you wanna talk about anything else besides the, the grand PBS coming up in March?
2: Oh, I don't think so. I love you guys too. I hope I get to see you. I think of you guys all the time when I
0: pick up the boys because you well, guys are
2: so close yet so far away.
1: We'll have to figure that out.
0: Yeah, it seems yeah. like you and Matt mm-hmm. have a, a recording to talk about getting on yep. Spotify and other places.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, And if people wanna follow you, um, where where can they follow you at?
2: So my actual accounts, well, they're all actually me, but I don't have anybody
0: running anything for me,
2: but my Instagram and my Facebook, my those are actually, I keep them private. Um, so you can ask me, but if I don't know you, I'm probably gonna say no, but I do have a Facebook like fan page, which has nothing on it. <laughs> but if you were interested in finding the link for Spotify in the future, it'll be on that page on Facebook.
1: Perfect
0: awesome
1: yeah. all right friend well have a good night
2: thank you I love you Billy Argo
0: oh I love you Penny Maple I'll, we'll talk to you soon
2: <laughs> all right sounds good thanks guys
0: bye bye bye, bye. thank you Bailo so great to catch up with you yeah um, thanks for stopping by and look for perhaps that album coming to streaming services soon. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. It'll be you, very exciting. Always. Um, and if you want to hear more about us, please visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with me. ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends. really helps a lot. And we will see you next week for a whole new lineup of guests. That's right.
1: Uh, thanks again, Bela. We love you. Love you, Bela. Bye. Bye.